It demands that we tell sinners the whole truth. We will not go quietly into the night. Christian Cornerstone Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. We're continuing our discussion in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, again, grab your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You can join along um, in this study. And I want to remind you guys to check out our podcast. On You can subscribe to us on any podcast channel, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, everything of the sorts that you have there at your disposal. Check us out, subscribe to us. YouTube, you can check us out, watch the videos there as well. And even on Facebook, uh, we'll be sharing these uh, there. If you enjoy the broadcast and you feel uh, feel that you're gaining something out of this and it's helping your sanctification, please do consider becoming a financial subscriber to this ministry to help offset our existing costs uh, and become a part of the ministry partners. So. That's all we have for you guys today, and again, uh, welcome our special guest, uh, Mr. Nick, to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. It's been a great, yep. uh, what, two or three minutes since we uh, last talked, right? It has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. For those of you who are chiming in, um, this is actually, we're recording these back-to-back um, for this for our sake of time. Um, now, what we discussed on uh, our last one, we kind of... I wouldn't necessarily say straight off course a little bit, but we were talking about how really forgiveness uh, and, and the grace of God and then compassion for others has to um, ties in with how we deal with lawsuits within the church. Um, now, addressing this, we, we, what was addressed in first uh, the first section here of chapter six was Paul is you know simply reprimanding these individuals you know to to judge the church you know I'm not concerned about those who are outside of the church but if you guys have lawsuits that are inside the church deal with them personally um, I think I was just reading this here a second ago um, here we go in verse four it says so if you have such cases lawsuits legal disputes among the church why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church so he's recognizing that there's a different sort of governing um authority that is not a part of the church that is outside of uh the church um and uh you know the i, I guess uh, what we could start this off here is what what is the importance of having the church uh, resolve these issues. Result, whatever the dispute is among the church. What, what, why should we go to the church for that rather than taking these matters to the local courts? Mm-hmm. So that's my question to you. Hmm. Why is it important? Uh, I would think. Spot, that, didn't I? Yeah, I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> like, what I'm going to say, and I'm like, oh, that's not rhetorical. Uh, no, it's it's obviously important because, and I think that you know Paul kind of puts that in there, showing the distinction, is that they they don't get it. I mean, for one, I don't think we could go to someone outside of the church and start telling them about things that are happening in the church. Right. They won't they won't get it, for one. Um, and he and and he calls them unrighteous. He calls them, uh, you know unworthy and uh, despised people. No, that's people in the church. No, yeah, no, he calls those people despised. 
Yeah, the people of the court. Now you said you were reading uh, a different translation. What uh, where what, what what verse are you reading that from? Uh, verse four. My 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 version says, "If you have courts with regard to ordinary matters, do you seat these despised people in the church?" Okay. Um, so I think it's definitely uh, major and important, just mainly because people don't know what our um, definitions of wrong and definitions of um, you know what is what is right and what is okay and what is not okay and um, some people would think that uh, little things aren't important and something we may find it important you mm -hmm. know in the church and so um, something I thought about in the last one we were talking about was that I don't remember where it's at off the top of my head but the um, importance to go to um, someone in your church and bring up things uh, with two or, two or more people to go to your brother with two more people. Yeah, with that's you, actually you know. uh, Matthew eighteen. Is it eighteen? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. There, well, there's a yeah. <laughs> there's a lot in there, and I, I would say um, that specific chapter is one I'm not necessarily a pro on, but yeah, I've passed uh, past high school. I, I would personally put myself there, but yeah. I mean, go ahead. I just uh, so you know, it's. Um, I think that um, we, we, we have a standard set, you know, about how to address people in the church. And I think that um, we were talking in the last episode about how young the church is. Um, so it's important for Paul to establish that they need to be, um, I mean, maybe even considered a family. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, it's a close-knit group that you uh, consider closer than you would someone outside of because mm -hmm. we have this distinction that Paul's making and so um, even in today's church it's important for us to have uh, you mentioned you know before while we were talking uh, that you know how we have elders and we have higher-ups I guess you could say of different levels of people we can go to right so. yeah and um, with that um, you know with that uh, that section there the accountability going to your brother and then bringing it to the church um, it, that really shows uh, the concern we have. Um, Matthew 18, I want to say 5 through, not 5, 15 through 20. Um, mm -hmm. uh, don't quote me on those verses, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's at. Um, the concern there, I mean, it really shows just how much of a concern we have, not only for the individual, because that section there is talking about when a brother or, you know, or sister uh, sins against you. Um, yeah. When that's there, so I mean, if you if you won uh, the first step to confront them privately, that shows how much how important it is uh, for you to resolve that issue. And if they don't really see it an issue, okay, bring in the second person who knows about the issue and can help discern it. Um, same deal. It's like you know you, you're persistent with this and you want to resolve this dispute. Yeah, taking it to the church. And I think that is probably the most loving thing people can do. I mean, we would think in today's society, and I think in some cases some churches might throw this out as, well, you know, you're being too hard on the issue. You're being too critical or, you know, whatever else you might be. You're being unloving because you're still pressing this matter. It's like, no, I, I this person has sinned against me, and yeah. and my desire is to, to resolve that. Um, and, and, and I think really that comes down to the the consistency of that sin. I mean, if they stop that sin right then, right then and there, um, after the first confrontation, then the, clearly they've had some sort of conscience response to it. Um, yeah. But um, if they continue in that issue, then yes, I mean that there's 
we as believers want to do what we can to keep the peace for the sake of unity, the sake of love, and the sake of preservation of the saints. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's important to do that. And like you said, you were talking about how the the outside um, the outside governing sources really don't have an understanding. Um, yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, you can go talk to anybody who's a non-believer and about anything within the scriptures. I've got a gentleman at work, and and we talk about certain matters, and he, I understand exactly what I'm saying. He is completely clueless. Yeah. Um, and you know, and from my point of view, you know, I think he, I consider him a fool, and he considers me a fool, and we have a, a, a friendship where we can basically hit each other in the head. So. Um, Rhetorically, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if it, there's that lack, that lack of understanding only comes from the Holy Spirit who comes in to transform us. Yeah. Um, I guess opens our eyes is what is the, the biblical usage when we can do that. I mean, outside of that, yeah. outside of that transformation, we're completely hidden from the truths. But here in verse 5, uh, it says, I say this to shame you, or to your shame. And I think that's rather interesting. This is like a reprimand Paul's giving, um, and it's not the first one. Yeah, I mean, I mean this entire letter is a, is really a, a rebuke. Yeah, um, yeah. It's clearly shown that he's uh, visited them and sent other letters. This is not the only letter he's right. sent. And he's constantly going over these things again, and so yeah, I love it when Paul gets all rebukeful on people. <laughs> he yeah. lays down the law, man. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I got so much I could say about that. We'll we'll discuss that because at another yeah. point, um, another topic. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there's like 66 books to choose from. So I mean, yeah. take your pick. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's addressing this. These guys haven't grown up. I mean, this is and this is not something that's you know, for example, six uh, chapter six here. This isn't something that he's just talking about a few months later after chapter 5. I mean, this is all one letter. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's, I think I think we have a total of maybe three times I can think of. Um, yeah, it's in verse 4 where he says, I do not write these things to your to shame you, but to admonish you as my mm -hmm. beloved children. So to rebuke and to correct. Um, chapter 3, like I said, you know, I, I uh, cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. So there's a rebuke right there. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a bad yeah, and there's uh, what's say verse uh, chapter one, where he uh, says here, um, I thank God that I, I that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Uh, yeah. So you know he's he's making known his emotional response as far as you guys are children, and I'm ashamed of this. Yeah, um, I mean this this is really have to be a heavy hit um, to these people that like we said at least three times I'm ashamed of you in some way. Yeah. Um, so they I think it's a huge, um, just the the maturity level, just to kind of it's kind of rhetoric, kind of in, in, uh, uh, what's the word? Oh man, when you're trying to be, what is the word? Well, I lost it. I keep trying to say ironic. I'm not trying to say ironic. Ironic. Um, I don't know. Just forget what I was saying. It's a great word. Great word. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're welcome. I'm here to help. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, this is a huge issue they need to deal with. And continuing on, um, 
the brothers goes against the law, uh, the before unbelievers, to have lawsuits uh, with uh, to have to have it all to have lawsuits at all with one another is all ready to defeat in you. Okay, yeah. so right there he's making it clear: don't get involved in lawsuits um, at all. Yeah. And I mean, this is a huge piece here because this really goes down to uh, the love that we have for one another and the love to resolve these disputes. Um, and if the, the who is the offending party, I mean, if they truly did have the grace of God within them, they would see that sin and desire to repent of that. So, um, yeah. you know, the more you think about it when in, the, in regards to the Christian community, these kind of issues, there's no point in them. Uh, there's no point, no need for them. Um, uh, no use, I guess, yeah. um, because we hi- because these are done with a in a hostile with a hostile emotions, negative yeah. emotions. Um, like he says here, it's uh, to have these is already a defeat within you. Yeah. So, um, I guess one of the things. Um, I guess I would throw this question out. I, this popped in my mind um, earlier. Is because this is talking about uh, lawsuits among non-believers. I had two questions I'm going to throw out here. Actually, I just had one come up. Um, okay. Because this is talking about dealing with lawsuits among the church. The first question I have, and I'm telling you this one because I don't have this written down, is. How do we respond when churches, uh, there's one that comes to my mind right now, um, have a legal dispute with uh, another believer? Like, um, I don't want to put them out there, but um, let's say you got you got church that has, they've removed the minister from their, from the, the move, move the pastor from his position. Okay. Um how can I? I'm trying to remember the historical elements here. Um, so they removed him for because they felt that he was unqualified, or he's um, straight straight off from uh, sure. being from his qualifications. Uh, yeah. So he's been removed from office, and legal disputes happen because um, one party wants to get some rights to some other stuff. Let's say podcasts. I don't know if that's what they had, but they want to get some legal rights to the podcast that they had under that church. Um, uh-huh. and, and or you know receive restitution uh, for the income that they've made off the royalties, whatever whatever it is that they have. Um, yeah. So what do we do with parties when either one the church presses lawsuit against the minister in which they've removed, or two the minister presses lawsuits against the church? Like how, how do we as Christians identify that? I mean, clearly we're seeing here that that's not healthy. Um, there's defeat yeah. already. So, I mean, do we identify them as believers? Um, well, well, I guess uh, to uh, to address that first of of how I mean, in today's world, it's a lot different than it was back when Paul was writing this letter. And in some aspects, I mean, when it comes to the legalness of hiring and jobs if you know even though a church you know is is a church and it's different it's its own thing but it also does hire people there's some legal things involved and there's legal things involved with you know firing they have rights so you know of employee of employers and employees 
Um, so part of me is going, well, I guess I wouldn't really bat an eye too much to that, because in today's world, I mean, legal thing, I mean, we have stuff like this all the time, when it's contracts, you know, and things like that, employment. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I mean, how we should view it as Christians that are separate outside of it, I mean, I view it um, as... You have the right to, um, but it's not good to have it public, I guess. Maybe that's a, a way to put it. Okay. Uh, of how it shows, how it, if this is what the Bible's saying about lawsuits, well, how does it look if a, chur a church is suing a person? I mean, that just, to me, just doesn't taste good in the mouth, I think, you know. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. That kinda... <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm, uh, I, I'm personally not 100% sure on how to identify that. I mean, I think... Um... A part of me would say that um, that that because they're willing to go that far, then one that shows that they are they do not have the spirit, um, they do not have the grace of God. Because whichever party, whether it be church or right. you know minister who's who's been removed, um, but it well, it, it could show a a, a lack in judgment, um, you know. Yeah, or, and that would be my second argument too. Um, it, you know, a, a lack of judgment or um, spiritual ignorance, for an example, that could be identified as the church here in Corinth. Yeah, so that's a better way, spiritual ignorance. Because, so something I was thinking of was if, if I was a church member or if I was a church or if I was hired by a church, either way, and something like this happened, like you were saying, that, you know, legal lawsuits over rights of, you know, content mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is. Well, it would be foolish to do it like the world does. We should have a silent, uh, you know, some kind of contractual agreement. And if there is a breach of contract or something that we need to have done legally with lawyers, then let's do that. Let's have a meeting with lawyers, um, which is kind of how this is saying. I mean, there should be someone among you that can resolve this. Don't go. Don't go to the court system and say we're going to file a lawsuit against. Let's have a, a settlement because there are things of today's world where <laughs> there's things you have to do, I think, legally, or you have to do when with what you brought up with your question, have to. You, there's no way around it. You can't just a church can't just tell that person that they fired that you know too bad with that or, or whatever, however it is, and a person shouldn't have a desire to sue and gain monetary from a, a lawsuit. Right. If, that's your, if that's your goal, then I'm with you. you you've either a serious uh, lack in judgment or spiritual discernment, or you don't have the spirit because right. you do not want that desire. But as far as just a legal dispute of contracts, I mean, you know, we have to get a lawyer or that kind of thing. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that shows. But that's how they should do it. Right. It shouldn't be, you know, yeah. a, disgrace, a disgrace. Yeah, and, and I'd have to agree. I think the most um, as the most um, legal matters that we should be involved with, like in situations like that, is to simply get what what is rightfully ours. Um, and obviously, you'd have to go through some sort of uh, contract to find out if it is or not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're looking to get like. Um, I don't know, like a two million dollar, you know, restitution for you know stuff that you've done. 
Uh, I think that's a little overboard. It's, I mean, it's too extreme. Nope. I don't even. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do with two hundred dollars. I mean, if you want, give me like fifty, hundred thousand dollars, and I'll be set for the year, and I can, you know, put that into the podcast or whatever. But I don't need two million dollars. Well, and like verse seven says, why not be wronged? Why not just be defrauded? It would it would be better for you because it's a loss, right? If you're trying to do lawsuits, it, it's a loss for you, right? And, well, and we also have. Um, I want to go back to this. Um, nope, that's Ezekiel. Long bookmark. Okay. <laughs> um. Matthew chapter 5, uh, in reference to, this is, uh, what do we have here? Uh, 43. It says, You've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. Um, lost my spot. That's not always, that's not what I was wanting. No, here we go. Sorry. I went ahead a little bit. Um, 38, this is what it is, 38 to 42. It says, uh, You have heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone sues you, uh, take your tunic to, uh, and take your tunic. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, so if they want your property, let mm -hmm. him have the cloak as well. And if anyone yeah. forces you to go one mile, go two miles. Uh, and give to the one that begs and do not refuse. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a part of us, uh, and I, I think absolutely, there's a, we need to be willing to um, let it go. And I mean, I, I can think, I can't necessarily say I've been in a, a legal dispute for a while, um, but um, I mean, if if it's not possible to um, get what get what is rightfully yours, then. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, uh, let it go, and I mean that's going to be judgment on them, anyways. I think it's Paul in Romans. Uh, he's you know he makes it clear that um, you know by doing good to your enemies, this is this is going to be burnt, putting burning coals upon their head. I mean that that's going to be on their guilt, not yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, we we'll just make sure we've got a little bit of time here. Um, so my second question here is. Um, because this is talking about the church, this is talking about the community of believers. Mm -hmm. Is this um, because this is about believers? Does this give us the right to hold any sort of legal actions against non-believers? Oh. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting one myself. Um. Huh. Um. Uh, yes. It's <laughs> like, it's like, nah, both. Well, and I, this answer uh, actually came to me just now because I think we, I think we really just went over this. Um, yeah. Because I wrote this question down uh, before we got into this, but I think that really goes back to Matthew five, um, turning yeah. the cheek, give him your cloak as well. So yeah, um, I would say the same principle because I, I you know, again, it'll show the heaping coals upon them. It's them who will, will be judged. And as we found out in verse 5, or chapter 5, that uh, God himself is the one who will judge those who are outside. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you can think of it as, as a which type of lawsuit. But kind of the same idea you were talking about. I just kind of thought about this was if, if uh, someone hurt my feelings, so to speak, if someone, uh, you know, did something I didn't like, and I have the ability. If there's some kind of loophole that I could sue them if I wanted to, mm -hmm. and get 
bunch of money from whatever they did, but they didn't actually do anything. Um, then, then no, I think that that just falls into principle of morality, morality. You know, of whether I have the, I mean, obviously I have the right to do it, and obviously it's okay, but or or what, or it's okay, but is it good? But like you were saying, like something that's rightfully mine mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, you know, if someone was to steal your uh, podcast name or whatever, if you had it. Uh, What's the word? You know, um, I'm not get copyrighted. I'm not good with words right now. <laughs> I've noticed. You know, I I, th- I don't think that I think that lawsuits in general are not something that Christians have to stay away from. I think that you know Paul just really wants it to really say that within the church, especially th- matters concerning the church, do not go to the court. I mean, keep let that resolve within yourself. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, uh, lawsuits are not evil. Um, and I think we'll get into this in the next section, actually, if I look ahead. You know, things aren't, you know, just because it's not a, it, it may not be a sin to, to sue someone, um, but it's a question of morality. Right. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's off limits. Okay. Okay. That's my answer. Um, and I'm going to leave my comments uh, alone for that because I've got yes and no to that. Um, yeah. And, it's a yes and no. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my response really comes down to... Um, I don't feel 100% uh, on par with the full understanding of the legal issues. So, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would personally agree with you, but I would also uh, disagree with you. So um, there's a mix there. But um, we have, yeah, we got a few minutes. You want Let's go ahead and wrap up this section here. Yeah. Um, okay, so going on to verse, what are we in, 8, 9? Nine? 9, okay. Nine now. It says, uh, what, what is your take on how he ties eight to this? Uh, well, I would say, um, because there's no specific uh, hint in here as far as why, um, you know, I'll tell you in a minute why or, you know, what my thoughts are. But, um, I mean, he's identifying sin, uh, yeah. first off. And I think that's really the primary thing here. Um, we have, uh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And it goes off and naming uh, a bunch of sins um, that are a part of this. And I think, you know, really sexual morality, that's one of the things they dealt with. Um, was it uh, men who practice homosexuality, thieves? It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that not only is this a li- that he's giving this list as an example of basically those who live a sinful lifestyle. Um, because we know that this is not an exhaustive list. So number one, it could be just giving this to make it known that people who live sinful lifestyles will not enter the kingdom of God. Um, And it's also possible that these were specific issues that were going on within the church. Um, They might have had some uh, who were sexually immoral, chapter 5. They might have had idolaters. I think we'll actually get into that later. Adulterers, men, homosexuality, thieves, and so on. Um, And here it is, actually. I overlooked this one. I think this is really the key as far as why it ties in. Yeah, because um, what I mentioned in um, one of the last broadcasts uh, over this discussion is the sophists. Um, right. They were, uh, you know, based in in a nutshell, you know, the, those who are um, divinely appointed, who are who are the prophets, or that who are the ones who are to lead the church. They are the ones who have the sophisticated vo- vocabulary, who come with eloquent words. Yeah. That's according to them. That was the sign of good leadership. Um, so in there, um, within that, and they were also dealing with that, they also had, um, 
the sophists believe that okay, you know, we'll train you to speak like this. Yeah. But you're going to have to pay us. So right. there's greed that comes into play, and we don't know what the specific lawsuit was that they dealt with, but I think greed would have been a part of that. Oh, so um, that's where I, that's how I would personally uh, tie this in as far as how it relates to lawsuits in 6 and then the previous chapters, is he's making it clear, uh, naming a number of them off, so that way you know, basically don't give an excuse of, oh, well, he didn't name this off, so clearly I'm off the hook. Right, but um, to make the point that it's not just those who are greedy, but it's also those who commit other sins as well. That if you have yeah. this continuous lifestyle of sin, and clearly, my children of Corinth, you have you're dealing with lawsuits. There's these divisions. You're sleeping around with your step parents. You're yeah. still drinking spiritual milk. You're not growing up. You have divisions in leadership, which shows that you're still of the flesh. Um, yeah. So I think this is uh, like we have here in verse 4, 5. He says to say this to your shame, and then in four, uh, chapter 4, you know, to admonish you. This is, again, a stern rebuke, you know, to for the church to repent of their sins. Um, making it clear, it's like, you guys are guilty of these sins, and I'm telling you, it's that uh, do you not remember? Don't you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, who's who's unrighteous, Paul? Because as far as we're concerned, yeah. we're pretty righteous. You know, we're claimed to be believers. Well, here I'll tell you who's unrighteous. It's those who commit sexual immoral acts, idolatry, adulterers, homosexuality, greed, drunkards, repilers, swindlers, uh, all these kinds of people. Um, and, uh, you know, he closes up. He says, so were some of you. Uh, it's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly we see that they we're still dealing with that within the church, some of it. Um, but the fact that he says such were some of you indicates that not everybody was. Not everybody yeah. was living in the, in the flesh. Um, and then some of these people were, uh, they were washed. In other words, they were cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they were sanctified and continue to be sanctified. Um, but most importantly, they were justified. They were made right and legal standpoint, they were made right in the kingdom of God. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really my my thoughts. I mean, if you want to go ahead and throw two cents in there. Well, you know, I think we talked to touch this uh, on the last episode. Uh, just the, the separation. Might have been this episode. No, it was the last one. But just the, that separation. That's the only thing I could think of is that it kind of is kind of a weird turn. And I think it fits when you're reading the entire letter, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but just sitting here and looking at this chapter, I'm going, man, that's such a weird turn to go from, you know, things that are involved in the church, you need to have it dealt with inside the church and not go to some kind of courts. Mm -hmm. And turn right around. Except he does say that he calls those people unrighteous and non-believers. Why would you go to the non-believers? Um and I think you, I think you hit it. Is is it's kind of like, well, if they were to say, I think I've heard people say this that Paul was really, was really good at answering things they were going to say that he knew they would bring up, and he would just answer it. Yeah. And you know, and I think that's maybe what it would be is that um, people would have brought that up, and you could say, well, no, you are also if you do these things, you are the unrighteous, and they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, but then he also turns it at the end, I, and I like this, of just reminder of these are what you were, and now this is what you are. You are sanctified and justified. Um, and he, I think he's just uh, establishing uh, a good 
separation between... Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's even an answer to this is how you should handle lawsuits between the believers. And maybe they don't like it. Maybe they're not okay with that. Well, it's because you're not supposed to go to the unrighteous and outside of the church. You are something different. And kind of a reminder, you are different than the outside. Right. Yeah, and I think that would be, you know, that wouldn't surprise me any because there's, through his writings, I mean, there's a lot of encouragement, um, a lot of reminders uh, through it. I think uh, I would say Romans would be a good one that, that he continuously does, that continuously shares. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see, well, because, yeah, here, in, in the beginning of uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, it says, uh, verse 12, it says, to the church of God. So he's recognizing that God is a part of the church. He's recognized right. that they are a, a holy people uh, that yeah. is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ. So that's where he starts off the letter. And then obviously... Um, within, as it continues, you have to uh, continue to address that and continue to make that known. And I think that would, it's a very good tactic because as you're writing this letter of admonishment, of, of yeah. rebuke, you know, you, you got it. they're going to feel guilty. And, you know, if you just leave out the whole, but we're some of you, you know, but now you're sanctified and justified, if you leave all of that out, then by the end of the letter, it's like, man, we are really a screwed up bunch. How could God yeah. ever, ever like us, you know? We're so sinful. So he's reminding them. It's like, no, you guys are set apart. You guys have been changed. You guys are holy. You guys are, are you guys are children of God. And so, because you are children of God, you need to act like children of God. Yep. So yeah. Um, yeah, and that uh, personally is really all I have uh, for this discussion. Yeah, I can't think of anything. No. Awesome. I that word I forgot earlier, but. All right, we'll get to that at some point. All right. Well, Nick, uh, again, uh, you know, I thank you for this conversation. It's uh, it's been great. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Not a problem. All right, everybody, that's what we have uh, for you tonight. Uh, I want to thank you guys for chiming in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about what we've discussed, feel free to put them in the comments uh, below. Get a hold of us via email. You can do so at christiancornerstone.org. And, again, uh, if you enjoy these, please consider subscribing to the podcast, YouTube, and even on uh, Facebook as well. You can find all the links on Facebook at Christian Cornerstone, or you can go to our website, christiancornerstone.org. and then uh, find those there as well. Until next time, you guys have yourself a very wonderful weekend. God bless.